And you're very welcome back. 51551, that's our text. Now, the rise of the machines has put the fear of Skynet into all of us since the launch of ChatGPT and the sudden mainstreaming of the alarm around artificial intelligence, bots, automation, all of that. How can we put humans back into the heart of technology? That's the objective of our guest this morning, Declan Foster. Good morning to you, Declan Foster. Good morning. You've co-written a book about this and hopefully you'll help us unpack, debunk, and humanise this complex world of technology that now swirls around us. Uh, let's begin. What's your area of expertise? What do you What do you do for a living yourself? You're in. Yeah, well, I've been working in uh, project management for about twenty or twenty five years now, yeah. right around the world, actually managing large uh, technology projects inside um, big companies, uh, inside consulting firms, uh, okay. and, and for myself as well. Um, I yeah. nearly ask you what a consulting firm is. This exactly. <laughs> sometimes there's some, but they basically are sometimes outsourced by companies to do the stuff that. That's they right. Do. Some of the big four consulting firms, you know. So I work for PwC, for example, uh-huh. in Australia. Yeah. In Australia. Yes. Yeah. I, was, I lived in Australia for about eighteen years. Oh really? So I'm one of those folks who've lived abroad and then returned home. We're going to be looking for that in your accent now for the whole interview. That's, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> So um, where did you get the interest then to write this book, Humanology? Humology. Yes, humology. What is humology? Is that something you've made up? Yeah, well, we think it's the intersection of uh, humanity Mm -hmm. and technology. So I've been, as I said, I've worked in project management, but I guess about 10 years ago, I got the opportunity to work in projects where we looked at organisational change management. So we were actually looking at the people impacts of these big technology projects, you know, so often that they're over, they're overlooked, you know, yeah. that it's people that get impacted. Um, and that sort of uh, got me an interest in how people are responding to technology and also started to become aware that not only is, you know, change fatigue and frustration with technology issues within organisations, it's actually a societal issue you now as well. We're all kind of feeling that. We're all kind of afraid of technology, are, aren't we? We are. We are afraid, you know. And I think there's, there's. Uh, we need to be informed about, you know, what technology is, and we'll chat mm. maybe about AI, you know, yes. throughout the interview as well. But we need to stay informed, but not not to be alarmed. So, well, let's start there because that's that is the buzzword: AI, artificial intelligence. Should we be scared? No, I don't think so. I think okay. um, we, we need to stay on top of that. We need to make sure that uh, we have appropriate legislation and also to make sure that everybody's informed about what it is. Mm. You know, part of the work that I do at, at the moment is uh, demystifying artificial intelligence for business professionals and executives. Very good. And what, how do you do that? So one of the things, for example, I say is, you know, we, we were all looking at ChatGPT at the moment and we're all having yeah. a bit of a play with that. So it's, under, it's, it's, you know, remember that that's just a piece of machine learning. And all machine learning is, is just maths and statistics on steroids. It's not magic, you know. It's, you know it's <laughs> it doesn't just do anything on its own. It doesn't, it doesn't. No. Not yet now, you know, maybe when we get to, you know, artificial general intelligence, maybe, you know, by, possibly by the year in the 2040s, maybe we need to be concerned then. But at the moment, you know, it doesn't. And it's just there really to, I think when it's used properly, it's just there to augment humans and not replace them, you know. You see, there you, you come into the, the world of technology because when it, anything is used properly, it's fine. And data, which is a thing I don't think that's kind of widely enough understood. Data is more, uh, has a greater value than oil already and has for quite some time, hasn't it? That's it. Well, they say data is the new oil, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. I say data, you say data. <laughs> I say data, you say data. Uh, that's definitely the Australian. I think, it could it. be. Well, well, with the American terms, the 
American pronunciations come in, but the, the data is just basically a map of everything we do online, isn't it? It's just a store of information of uh, of everything. It we is are absolutely, and I mean that's one, one of the things that the problems is that these big data companies, you know, like uh, the Googles and the Facebooks, they're hoovering all that data up, and you know, and they're and they're using it, and that's how they train their machine learning, you know, algorithms. You know, with all of our data, essentially. Yeah, well, we willingly give it to them. Well, we do. But yep. and the trade-off is, you know, look after it uh, by by the law and so on, and that's when it goes wrong. And that's what I, I mean. That technology is fine when it works and it uh, doesn't isn't used against it, but sometimes it is and has been in elections and so on, hasn't it? Absolutely. So you can think about the uh, the famous case where with uh, Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, yes. where what they Cambridge Analytica were given access to thousands, uh, tens of thousands of. Uh, accounts from Facebook and they're able to use that data then that actually uh, really hyper-personalised political advertising and they did that in the 26 uh, US election. And Facebook were famously fined That's, yes. for the mishandling of the data there, weren't they? Absolutely, yes. I think yeah. it's five billion, but it, it, I think the day they were fined five billion, their value rose 10 billion because their, their business model hadn't been affected by the fine. Exactly. So they basically yes. made money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg famously said, "You know, uh, we we decided what the social norms would be, and then we just went for it." So you know, really, a lot, a lot to themselves sometimes. So there's data being misused against us. So your so artificial intelligence is going to be grand if it's used for good. How does it get used for bad, and how quickly could that happen? Uh, well, we can see examples like we talked about Cambridge Analytica as well, and we can start to see, for example, uh, with generative AI is the latest piece of AI that we're looking at and that's the chat GPT yeah. it's also the uh, the the uh, the tools you can use to create images you know so you can use a text to image software like uh, mid journey or stable diffusion and you can see that that could actually create an awful lot of problems so there were the they're certainly concerned in the US about how deep fakes or fake images can actually be created and it might be used in you know perhaps during the presidential elections which I think are next year in the US they're concerned about that you and know. that means we lose our our faith in what we perceive to be real which seems like a mad statement to say, it is you, you don't know if you're looking at it as real or not but interesting we talk about that um, it actually just and this is the area of AI things have changed you know every week sometimes on a daily basis so yeah. over the weekend in fact some of the uh, the leading lights in AI met with uh, Joe Biden and they volunteered to put in what they're calling a digital watermark now in these images okay. so now you're able to see they can tell like embedded in the code if this AI really? image is, you know, or this image is AI generated or, is, you know, is it fake or is it a real image, you know? Is that something that they'd have to do voluntarily when they're creating the image, though? Well, that's well, they, they, that's what they've said. They've signed okay. up that they would actually do that. So, and I, and I guess it's, imbe- I don't know how it would work exactly, but I am mm. assume it's going to be embedded in the code so that a technology provider can actually then say, yes, this is real or oh, this is oh, fake. The distributors, you know? so the big companies that's it, can yes. say this is yeah. okay. Yeah. That's the, an improvement already, isn't it? It is an improvement, but I guess the danger of something like that is as soon as you do something good like that you know the bad actors out there they'll start to look for ways to hack into that and break yeah. that you know okay. and then, then you the, know the tech companies have to update it the bad actors just seem to be so far ahead all the time don't they well it's uh, i guess that you know they've no legislation so the you know the, the the big tech companies for all their evils you know they've got to uh, com- comply with legislation the bad actors out there do what they like essentially I'm glad you brought up social media because that is like obviously one of the big changes in our communications over the last couple of years. Social media, it's obviously we can we can communicate with our friends and people all over yeah. the world. We can see stories and things that we wouldn't have previously experienced. But the lack of regulation and the, the lack of willingness to regulate them must surely be the kind of 
of um, precursor or the, the omens for what's coming with AI. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we've learned as a society that we didn't do a good job of preparing for social media mm. uh, and legislating for it. And I think people are aware that we, we don't want to make that same mistake twice, you know, with AI. And I can see from, you know, some of the, the, uh, the work that I'm doing at the moment and the studies that I'm actually doing over at Oxford, that there's a real focus now on ethical applications of AI. You know, yeah. really people putting a focus on that. And a lot of them coming from the founders. Exactly. Yes, ex- exactly. Yes. Like, for example, as I said, that the example of uh, the people uh, like the OpenAI folks meeting with Joe Biden at the weekend. Yes, you know, that's the company behind ChatGPT. That's, it is indeed. Yes, yes, that's them. Yes. Uh, and the, but that, it requires prompting, doesn't it? ChatGPT, those kind of um, generative AIs requires us to put something in such as uh, write, a, write a book in the style of Declan Foster about <laughs> putting humans in the heart of That's right. And, 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 that's, and that could be a challenge as well. So, for example, especially for educational institutions now, you know, they, you know, they don't know if students are actually writing their own essays now because yeah. you can ask, ask ChatGPT to write an essay for you, you know, with 500 words and it should be, you know, this style. Um, and of course, then, you know, w- once people started doing that, somebody else, you know, created a, a tool that can detect, you know, AI oh. tech. So you can have... So that exists you know, now. Yeah, that exists now. So okay. you can, it could be, you, you know, you could be found out if you're doing that. <laughs> Isn't it funny that the stories uh, and the media sometimes does obviously push the scary element and uh, forgets to tell us the solution might have happened. That's it. That's, that's very if true. You, if yes. you look for it, it'll be there. Um, is AI coming for our jobs? You know, when somebody asks me that question, my usual response is AI probably won't take your job, but somebody who can leverage AI or use AI better than you, they might. You know, so it's it's all about education and staying yeah. informed. Um, and, and what's really interesting, we're talking about ChatGPT and that area of generative AI. So the traditional thinking used to be that AI would re- would replace the manual or entry level jobs. But what we've actually seen with generative AI is actually starting uh, impacting on knowledge workers and the white collar economy and even starting to taking some in the US, some lawyers jobs. Yes. There's an application called uh, Harvey.ai and that's been used in some firms. And it actually is where it's, you know, it's a chat GPT type function. And it's actually doing some of the groundwork that would normally be done by legal folk. So it's uh, impacting into paralegals and yes, paralegals. Yes, yes yeah, exactly. So taking yeah, taking up some of their some of their work where we thought that was always the safe jobs. And in fact, there's another uh, example. Um, National Public Radio in, in, in the US they released a tool which we were able to input a job and it would tell you the likelihood of it being replaced. And they found oh, that wow. bookkeepers were ni- over ninety percent certain that that job would be replaced in the coming year. So accountants are in trouble. Yes, accountants and lawyers. So who knew? These are the safe jobs we were told to move yeah. into, you know. But what did you say? It was 90% likely to be? 90% likely to be, released, to be replaced in the coming years. Now, that's bookkeepers. Maybe, ah, you know, accountants are safe, but yeah. Now, the counter argument, of course, to AI taking certain jobs is also going to create a lot of other jobs that never existed before. And that's, and that's true. And that's what the experts are telling us. And that remains to be seen. And I think the only thing that's certain is that there will be a period of disruption. Mm-hmm. You know, AI may create some marvellous jobs. And you talked about the prompts as well. So, for example, there's a new role people talk about called prompt engineering. Yes. So where you learn how to create these prompts, to ask these chat GPTs, you know, to, to, so you get a good response. So you get the you best know. results. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, those jobs already exist now, don't they? They're growing. 
They do, they do exist and they're growing. But again, yeah. it's like, you know, we don't know how much disruption is going to take place. Um, and the other thing I'd, I'd mentioned, we talked about the impact on white co- white collar workers. Mm. Um, you know, chat GPT or robots, it's not going to be able to find a leak in your attic anytime soon. No, no. <laughs> so plumbers and electricians, their jobs are safe, you know, for the foreseeable future. Anything you do with your hands, essentially. Yes, really, yes. Anything sort of skilled that you can do with your hands. You know, robots uh, aren't going to be able to do it anytime soon. And of course, people like to know something's been made by hand, don't they? They do as well. There's a massive extra value and we now understand, oh, you'll have to pay the person who's actually done this. That's it. So you have a kind of a positive outlook somewhat. So are you sort of more of a measured... Um, kind of a spectator of this AI sport we're looking at. Yeah, I'm actually quite positive on AI. I think it has the capabilities to even solve some of these existential crises that, that we're faced with, like, you know, climate change and, and food shortages, etc. I think AI will play a huge role in that. But we just have to uh, use it carefully. And I also think mm-hmm. that everybody needs to be informed about what AI is so they can have informed conversations about whether they're for it or against it. You need to yeah. understand what it is. Is it not know? too broad a thing to, to kind of um, define? I don't think so. I mean, for example, when I talk to yeah, project management folk or executives and I explain to them, you know, what machine learning is and how it makes predictions, you know, you can start to say, OK, you know, as I said, it's not magic. You know, it's just maths and statistics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because um, uh, when Amazon Alexa took off, everyone thought, well, this is AI. And yes. there was probably a lot of uh, people didn't realise that there were thousands of humans working away and still are there, aren't they, transcribing and annotating all of the the requests uh, to to improve its performance that still happens isn't yeah it? that still happens and doing the, the the work behind the scenes so and again that's that's in line with that comment about you know AI will create new jobs so there mm. are you know there are people building these algorithms and fine tuning them in the background so it's creating jobs as well but as I said there, I think we're faced with a a period of disruption in the coming years tell us the good stuff that AI can do um. It has solved lots of kind of medical conundrums and really complex. Well, you can you can start yeah it? you can start to see where uh, AI is used at the moment um, where it can uh, identify you know cancers as well you know yes. and it can look at medical images and help doctors to to identify mm. uh, uh, cancers um, and you can see with things like ChatGPT there and for example they're fantastic tools to just to use for brainstorming. You know, so, yeah. you know, again, you know, don't use it to write your article for you or your, your <laughs> essay, but you can help it help you to brainstorm, you know. You know it's ideas. actually very good at it. It's very good at um, um, recommending films and uh, yes. books and things like that. If you've watched something yeah. and you kind of go, I want to see Liam Neeson do you know, something like this, they'll spit out a load of recommendations, very, very precise and specific ones. Yes. And it's all about the prompting, isn't it? The more information you give it, the more specific information. That's it. And, it's, and it's a whole scale. So if some of your listeners, if you Google prompt engineering, you know, yeah. you can learn how to do that properly and then you get the, the better results back you yeah, know? And, and obviously colleges will jump on this as well so it's going to create more courses and so on so. yes and some of the courses are, are out there at the moment yes yeah um, how do we you, you have you have the idea that the products that can be designed specifically in tandem with human psychology is something you go into in your book yes yeah so we're, we're trying to say that um you know, some of the, the, the big tech companies they actually uh, hire um, teams of behavioural scientists, you know, to keep us engaged, you know, on these platforms. So what we're trying to say is actually, let's look at it the other way and say, let's design products that don't take advantage 
are these you know these so uh, the social human media? Yeah. They've kind of they've designed us specifically to keep us hooked. They do. That they're specifically designed to keep you hooked for just a few extra seconds or a few extra minutes. Um, you know, so you get that dopamine rush and you keep on your phone and you keep scrolling. You know, and uh, then you've. And that's obviously to, you know, for, for their growth and sales and adding yes. people to it. So, you know, how are you going to convince companies to, you know, use it for good when it doesn't involve improving their bottom line? Well, uh, I think it's probably because a lot of consumers now, particularly younger generations, you know, look at it, have an ethical focus as well. And they want to use uh, uh, products that are from companies that have an ethical focus, you know, that aren't taking advantage of them. You know, and I think that's where that's where companies can have an advantage. Uh, talk to us then about social media, because your your lovely sunny outlook on technology, the, <laughs> the good things that social media have done for us. Well, I think you can see that there's connectivity and communication. Mm, you know, I, one, yeah. I, I, I can talk to people, you know, instantly, you know, a, a, around the world, Australia and the US, wherever, you know, and keep in touch with them instantly and you know friends and family and it gives us a wealth of information and awareness as well you know we've got so much information and so much new sources as as well of of news and opinions that we can go to and and also for uh, let's not forget uh, sites like LinkedIn where you can go and do networking and you can uh, for professional opportunities and you can even go job hunting as well and that's a deliberate design isn't it because it's not set up like the likes of Twitter and Facebook which is literally designed to split camps into one side That's or the right. other, isn't it? Yes, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're supposed to keep people in, in the middle, in the centre. And yeah. it's worked very well because it has literally divided uh, people on issues that they probably didn't care about previously and are suddenly now devoting all of their energies into rowing with each other. And it's either it's either one, it's completely binary, isn't it? It is. Uh, and that's one of the key dangers of, uh, of social media is where we're spreading people into different camps, you know, and we have an echo chamber. So you're starting to hear the arguments that you like and the opinions that mm. you like and they're being fed back to you. And that just reinforces your opinion. And sometimes then we don't get to hear the other side. But it has totally destroyed global discourse hasn't it? for it profit. Has. And it is for profit because we forget that, um, yes. that it's designed this way. Yes, it is. So, so yeah. is LinkedIn the sort of because I'm hearing people drifting towards there. Is that a kind of it's still owned by a massive uh, global conglomerate? So. Well, LinkedIn, yeah, it's it's it's, it's it's owned by Microsoft. Yes, but 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 I guess you know they're they're they don't profit from having you know controversial views. Really, yes. you know, it's all about uh, hearing how you can improve your interview skills or how you can network better. You know, so they're kind of very so central positive, kind of connectivity. Games, the positive, yes, is the main thing. Yes, uh, yeah. Is, is there anything else? It's spreading information. I suppose about things isn't it and yeah it gives us more information so gives us opportunities for different opinions as well as long as we use it wisely you know um, our governments what are they doing about AI that, that they have based on learning the lessons of the mistakes made on social media are there more laws in, in train uh, than there might have been before the setup yeah, social media because we have time now don't we we do yes and I, th- I think for example the EU is doing a fantastic job around this um, the EU AI is coming out uh, I think they 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 passed the initial draft in June, um, and that act is classifies different uh, AI products and tools into different categories. You know, all the way from depending on depending on their level of risk, depending from low risk all the way up to unacceptable, and depending on how you categorize the product. That's the then you're you're subject to different uh, laws and different obligations, you know. So the first thing is rank the impact of this AI tool, and then your obligations, you know, uh, come out of that. One of the biggest problems with social media is, of course, um, the, the, the safety of children online. Yes. Um, yeah. I presume AI makes 
makes everything here worse. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there are uh, more dangers online now. Again, we talk about bad actors, bad actors, and particularly, you know, uh, in terms of fake images, that's been a lot in the news lately. Yes. Um, so AI can do a lot of bad as well. Mm. And we need people to be uh, aware of that. And we need that legislation to protect that. So this Online Safety and Media Regulation, Regulation Act that we have, the OSMR, uh, is that going to help anything or is that already just a little bit behind in, in tackling AI? Uh, I think what, what it does is actually applies the legislation to uh, um, the, the digital channels as well that are already applied to, you know, to traditional media, if I can say that. Like, so it applies now to you know, YouTube and Netflix and Amazon. So I think that's where it's good. Yeah. Um, I just look at the text here because you're talking about the positive aspects of AI and someone says, I've been using ChatGPT almost since the start and I've got reasonably proficient with my prompt engineering. I have ADHD. I use it to help me organise my day. And I had a family court matter where I couldn't afford to hire my own solicitor, but my salary is too high to get legal aid. So it's somewhere in the middle. I yeah. plugged in the relevant legislation into it, asked it to look online for whatever it could tell me about the judge, their past judgments. And I used its advice, won my case, representing myself where the other side had spent a lot of money on a barrister. So, so many applications. It's That's of. a fantastic application <laughs> yeah. of ChatGPT. And of course, yeah. the risk though uh, is because ChatGPT currently can't see past 2021. That's correct. So it, it, it's <laughs> trained on that uh, data up to 2021. And also interesting, you've got to be careful when you use it that you check the sources because it's prone to something called hallucination. So all it's trying to do, and again, in part of my work in demystifying AI, something like ChatGPT, all it's trying to do is predict the next word but it's just doing it, you know, looking okay. back over thousands of words, you know. So all it wants to do is, what's the next correct word in this sentence? And sometimes it, it just happens to make stuff sometimes up. Sometimes it'll make it up because it wants to fill in a gap. So yes, not great for Lee, but it's worked for this person. Yeah, apparently worked Obviously, for that person. But that's yeah. all, all because of the prompting that they, it, that they uh, inputted into it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that prompt uh, engineering we talked about. It's an unbelievable world. Um, what is going to come next? What 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 is the immediate next thing that's going to happen with artificial intelligence that we should watch out for? Um, well, I, I think we, we I talked about that uh, meeting with the AI folks, meeting with Joe Biden, and I think the the White House is bringing out um, an executive order shortly around that in consultation with those AI folk. And I was particularly pleased, as I said, when I read this over the weekend, to find out that they had agreed to you know voluntarily place that digital watermark, you know, within those images and within uh, text generators as yeah. well. So I think we'll start to see a better relationship between government and big tech mm -hmm. and maybe seeing, well, listen, we, we, we mucked up social media. We didn't do that right. So let's try and get AI done properly. It's, it's a big hope. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> I yes, wish we could I'm an optimist. optimism <laughs> about this. And uh, someone else is pointing out here, is it coming from our jobs? Um, of course, is. That's, this is why the actors and writers are on strike in the US. Yeah. Workers' protections, legislation, ethical oversight are the only ways to control technology. It doesn't have ethics built in, of course it doesn't. And commercial yeah. companies are ultimately only motivated by profits. But this is part of what you're saying is that people are already standing up earlier, sooner than we did on social media. Yeah. And it's the what's happened to the writers and actors' strike is going to have a profound impact impact because AI is right at the heart of their 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 discussion, isn't it? Their complaint, it is, absolutely. And, and there are things talked about. I think Bill Gates, who mentioned this idea of um, perhaps we need a tax on robots or on, you know, things. Yeah. So if you replace, you know, workers with some robots mm. or some AI systems, then you've got to pay a tax on that, you know, to compensate those workers for losing their I, jobs. I worry your optimism starts to falter when you talk about tax and tax. <laughs> big companies. We certainly haven't done that very well. Look, it's amazing. Well, for people who want to know more, humology is the word you've... That's you've, it. 
is, yeah. yeah. And we've got it. We can go to our website, uh, humology.com, and you can uh, find more information on there. Putting humans at the heart of technology, and it's co-authored, we should say as well, Declan. It is, of course, yes, with my co-author Joanne. Well, thank you very much for coming into us, and we haven't detected uh, even a smidge of Australian in oh, there. Good. So, eighteen I years, test. When you must be hanging out with all the paddies <laughs> when you're that's over it. there. Five one five five one. That's the text. We have to take a break. Back after these.